Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't Don't sleep sleep alone. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. (laughs) Hi. Uh, So uh, today... It is the first, so we have some exciting new things going on for us. Ooh la la. Uh, ooh. Um, ever since our Halloween episode, uh, we realized that a lot of people love hearing spooky stories amongst all of the true crime. So mm-hmm. we are going to start doing a program, I guess you could call it, where we tell each other a scary story that the other person doesn't know about. And we just try to see who can get the other one most, the most scared. I think I won last episode. Yeah, no, you won. 100... I think I won last time. <laughs> yeah. We were all not okay. <laughs> no, you 100% like won last time. I went full time. throttle, full throttle on her. I said, kick it into high gear, y'all. We're all getting spooked tonight. And it didn't help that like... It was so dark in the room. Yes. We didn't turn on lights. And then the sun was slowly going down behind us. And I was just like, it is really dark. <laughs> and I had my phone like up to my face. Like if it was like a flashlight at a campfire. I'm just like, tell the spooky stories in the dark. Spooky story. Exactly. So that's going to be something new and fun that we're doing. Uh, but before we get started, I uh, just wanted to let you guys also know that in January... We have some really fun, cool, and exciting stuff coming up. Uh, Not just our Patreon. Right. So if you follow us on uh, social media, you may have already seen that. And you can see that at any of our handles, which all are Do Not Sleep Alone. So that's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, email, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) We actually did get a love note from Faith for anyone who was following that story. To keep everyone updated. She does listen on the day that it releases. Yes. And she sent us a love note actually fairly early in the day as well on the day of release. So (laughs) thank you, Faith. We love you. (laughs) I love you, Faith. Please don't hate me. Uh, We're friends. But anyways, yeah, we have a bunch of new exciting stuff aside from Patreon that we're going to release in January as well. So get ready, y'all. The first way you're going to hear about it is through social media. So go ahead and follow Mm -hmm. us on there so you can keep up to date with everything that's happening. Yeah. And you can see us act a fool, too, because we often do that, not just on our podcast. So today, my story, my story is kind of short because the last one was pretty long, so we're just going to jump right into that girl. Are just you ready? Dive right in. We're just going to dive right in. Okay. So the title of the story, and this is another creepy pasta and it's written by, Oh God, I should have prepared myself for this. Weatherford and sky. Weatherford oh, and sky. I like that is the person that it's written by. So credits go out to them. I'm just reading their story and giving it a little life, you know? So the title of this is The Cat Scratching at My Door, which really doesn't sound scary, but it's kind of creepy. So let's start. I never thought a childish prank would save me and my brother's life. It began in late September. My family cat had passed away from old age a few weeks prior. I missed her terribly and assumed the strange thing that began to happen were just echoes of my grief. 
which is totally a normal thing, by the way. Like, yeah, especially when a pet passes away. Like, I I swore I heard my dog's like collar for the longest time afterwards. But going back in, when she was still alive, she used to scratch up my door until I let her into my room, and she used to use the crawl space as her own little home. Sometimes hiding away for most of the day until pushing the door open in the middle of the night. I had gotten so used to it that I was no longer startled by the tapping of the little paws upstairs and sounds of little doors creeping open. So used to it, in fact, that when those same things happened after her death, it took me a while to notice. When I finally did notice, the sounds gave me a strange feeling of unease but familiarity. I told myself that it was just the creaking of an old house, but a part of me wanted to believe she was still there at some capacity, which is just so sweet. That's so sweet. One night in October, spooky, (laughs) spooky season, (laughs) spooky season. I get a little spooked over here. I was awoken by scratching at my door and a faint meow. It lasted only a few seconds, but I heard it clearly. I thought it was all a dream. It had to have been. After all, she was gone. But then it kept happening. Every night at 1.46 a.m., triggered, I would hear scratching at my door and the cries of a cat who was long dead. I told no one of it because even though it frightened me, I didn't want to lose what I had left of my dear cat. I don't know. I, I feel like I would have told someone, but at the same time, like would they would have like, would they think that I was crazy? <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on who you tell. Like, she she a crazy cat lady. She's still hearing her cats from the dead, from the other side. I mean, if I don't hear Reggie Piggy after he dies, like, I'm going to be mad. That's true. That cat doesn't shut up. Tyrant. He's a tyrant. He doesn't shut up. He just cries all the time and just meows nonstop. So if he dies, rip Reggie Piggy. I don't think he'll ever die. I feel like he's just one of those cats that are just going to live until he's like in his 40s and just be a grumpy old cat. I hope so, because like, you know, I can't do this without him. Like, And his origin story is just crazy, too. So like, if you want to hear more about Reggie Piggy, let us know, because we could talk about him for a whole entire podcast. I could talk about him nonstop for the rest of my life. He is the light of my life, and I love him so much. I'm not going to be okay when he dies. I'm a month off of work, throwing my phone away, throwing all electronics, can't contact me because I'm I'm done. So if the, the podcast magically stops in 30 years, then you know what happened. 30 years, Morgan. Yeah. What? I'm trying to be optimistic here, Emily. <laughs> i can't keep talking to you for 30 years goodness you underestimate our friendship you don't got a choice this is not friendship this is a blood oath emily every night at 1 46 a.m i would hear her scratching at my door and the cries of a cat who's long gone i told no one of it because even though it frightened me i didn't want to lose what i had left of my dear cat The scratching stayed the same until the night of October 21st, when it became harder to ignore. (gasps) Everything was normal that night. (laughs) My parents had gone out for the night, and my brother was sleeping downstairs. 
I watched YouTube until I fell asleep with the glow of the laptop still on my face. When I heard the scratching, I wasn't even scared. It felt like any other night until it didn't stop. The scratching only got more frantic and the crying grew in volume with each swipe of the claw. I had never heard my cat act like this, even when she was alive. I quickly sat up on my bed and checked the time, 1.46 a.m., like always. The scratching got even worse. It sounded like she could tear through my door at any moment. I got up from my bed and slowly cracked open the door. My heart was racing. I had no idea what I was going to see behind that door, but I had to open it. I opened the door, only a crack, and suddenly it pushed open. However, there was nothing behind the door. I felt a strange presence, like something came into the room. I didn't know what else to do, but go back to bed and try to fall asleep. Uh, absolutely not. I'm good. I would be getting out that house. I'd be going downstairs to my brother and being like, yo, pack your things. We're burning down the house. We leave in. We out. I feel like I would call, like, I wouldn't be able to move leave my bed i'd be so stressed out and scared i'd be like i'm not moving from this bed uh let me call morgan and make her come and get me and then (laughs) together we'll walk down the steps and because i'm not leaving this room i just can't believe she like would just go back to bed after that no fam especially after having like a weird presence in the room girl grab the sage and the frankincense it's time to cleanse (laughs) leave and the copal don't forget the copal Oh, and the copal. Thank you, Emily. This is why we need you here. Uh, That's why I'm here. The next few (laughs) nights, the next few nights were just the same. The scratching was almost deafening until I opened my door to let no one inside. The fact that she opened the door every night. Why? Boggles me. It's a fictional story, but it boggles me. Leave your door shut. Don't. Why would you even sleep in that room? Leave. Leave. Every time I opened the door, it was like my cat came to visit me from beyond the grave. The last night I felt her presence was a night I will never forget. To this day, it was the most horrifying night of my life. It was Halloween night. Spooky. (laughs) I had just come home early from a party so I could stay with my brother for the night as my parents were out of town. We watched and made fun of the Halloween movies from our childhood until midnight. I thought it would be funny to scare him with the scratching and the meowing, so I told him to sleep in my room that night. I never thought a childish prank would save me and my brother's life. I got in my bed, and he got in a sleeping bag next to me. He fell asleep almost immediately, while I could barely keep still from the anticipation. Suddenly, my window flooded with light. I assumed it was my parents coming back early from their trip, but something fell off. The clock struck 1.46 a.m. Instead of scratching or meowing, the little door to the crawl space flung open. Nah, that's why we don't do crawl spaces. Whoa. That's why you see a little door, <laughs> plaster that, plaster it. It's like, nope, nope, we can't do that. A dark figure rushed out and jumped right at me. Nope. A dark nope. figure. <laughs> I let out a scream, waking my brother beside me. The dark figure went through my chest and disappeared behind me. I was left hyperventilating and holding my hand to my chest. This wasn't a visit. It was a warning. I heard what sounded like someone trying to get inside the house, and without hesitation, I grabbed my brother and told him to go into the crawl space. Uh, I have some questions. Uh, No. After a dark figure? After a dark figure? 
comes out of the crawl space, now you're like, yeah, we should definitely get in that crawl space. I'd be jumping out the window. I don't care at all. I will fall from two stories just to get out of that house. <laughs> I'd survive. I'd be fine. Might be a little <laughs> sore, but get out of the house. That's what adrenaline's for, Emily. Exactly. He was groggy and disoriented, but did what I said. I followed behind him and moved a chair in front of the little door before closing it. I told him to be completely silent. We heard a big crash, then footsteps downstairs. Someone had broken through the window. I heard the stranger open all the doors and push things over. I felt my face go white as I heard the stranger start to come up the stairs. I held my hand over my brother's mouth and began to pray in my head. The stranger was at the door. My heart was pounding. He flung open the door and entered the room. I could hear him flip over my bed, knock over my nightstand. I thought we were going to die. My brother was silently texting the police while all I could do was stare at the door, knowing it would open at any second. The stranger pushed over the chair in front of the crawl space. The only thing left between me and the intruder was that little door. My brother and I grabbed the handle and held it shut. I then heard the hiss and growl of a cat. It felt like it was right behind us. Finally, the intruder tried to open the door. We held it shut for as long as we could until the stranger flung it open with one great pull. Before I could even get a look at him, the dark figure leaped out from behind us and pounced on his face. It all happened so quickly. You could see little flicks of blood flying around. He fell to the ground crying and holding his now mangled face. Are you okay, Emily? <laughs> what? The dark figure ran into the shadows and my brother and I ran out the door and down the stairs. We screamed for help out in the cold until neighbors came outside to see what was wrong. The police arrived shortly after. It turns out the stranger was a drug-addicted ex-convict who was breaking into people's homes around the area looking for cash. They found him screaming in pain, covering his hollowed-out eyes. The police also found a knife beside him that he had taken from our kitchen. My brother and I were standing out in the cold when I saw a faint green glow of a cat's eyes in my bedroom window. That was the last time I ever saw my family cat what so the spooky cat that was living in the crawl space clawed out the intruder's eyes i have a lot of questions so first off i felt like it went from like oh this cat that's cute to like all of a sudden we're dying and then it was like yeah that's it's fine now like i feel like that's how life happens emily I don't think that that's how life happens. I don't think that you find yourself depressed because your cat died. And so you start to see your cat's ghost or hear your cat's ghost to suddenly fighting off a ex-convict drug addict in your house. I don't think that I don't think that's how it is. I think in some worlds, like fictional worlds, it is. This is 100% true, Morgan. <laughs> I think okay. Reiki Piggy is capable of doing that kind of damage even in the afterlife because he can do far more damage in the realm that we are in currently well faith sister tori had a ghost cat at her apartment like she had really? a ghost cat yeah she talks about it a lot like she had a ghost cat that just was like her old cat and just became a ghost knocked shit over for fun yeah probably 
I feel like whenever you hear ghost stories of like things flinging off shelves, it's for sure a cat. It's cats. <laughs> I feel like Reagan mm-hmm. would just bite my toes all the time and I would have these phantom bites yep. on my toes. Because <laughs> I'd be Probably. like, the stupid cat <laughs> biting all my toes. Well, today my story took it's it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting story. It's not like super spooky, but it is something interesting and it could be terrifying to some people, it just depends on who you are. Uh, so today I am going to be talking about the Rendlesham Forest incident. Oh god, we're in a forest. Do you know anything <laughs> about that? No, but like Okay. Anything that happens in a forest or the woods creeps me out. Well, we'll see how you feel. So, Rendlesham Forest is located in Suffolk, England, and is about 5.8 square miles of wetlands, forest, and just like all things plants, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, it's not anything like crazy mountainous or like that. It's not that intricate. But something else to note is that at the time, there was also two military bases on the northern and the western side of the forest, known as the RAF Bentwaters and RAF Woodbridge, or RAF. I'm not really sure, but that's what we're going to go with. (laughs) And both were occupied by the United States Air Force. So we're in England, but this is about... The United States Air Force over there. And it's also, to me, it's kind of weird because it's 5.8 square miles and there's two military bases. Like, yeah, like, why do we need that much coverage? Like, why do you, why do we need one in the north and then one in the west? Like, wouldn't you want like north and south? But they're like, no, north and western side have these military bases. Well, maybe because borders. Yeah, I don't know. But, anyways. Uh, It was on December 26th in 1980, at around 3 a.m., that a security patrol reported seeing lights descending into the forest. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) These lights could be a number of things, such as natural debris being burned up in space, a downed aircraft, uh, possibly a drone. I mean, it is the 80s, so I don't know how. We all know what it is. So, yeah, a bunch of uh, astronomers all said that this light was probably from debris being burned up in space and coming down or, like, some type of a meteor shower or something. Like, Mm -hmm. they had logical, air quotations, yeah, logical (laughs) explanations. And Uh either way, nothing should be in the forest at this time because it's 3 a.m. So, and it's next to military bases. They're not going to let people in there at night. So they had to go and investigate. They didn't have a choice. They just had to go, which I would be so stressed going into this forest at night. Can you imagine then coming into your bunker and being like, yo, lights just dropped into the forest and you've been chosen to go and inspect it. I'd be like, bruh, how do I get out of the military right now? Like, I don't want to do this. This is my limit. I don't even like going into the woods at my mom's at night where I grew up and because basically to get to your car still creepy yeah well to get to your car you have to walk through the woods at night and I don't even like doing that every time I'm like booking it to my car I'm like yeah. <laughs> gotta get to my I always car ask now. you to like, walk me into my car <laughs> walk me into my car please 
<laughs> because the woods are scary at night, let alone them being like, hey, there's these blinking lights. Uh, we we got to go. And what they found was nothing they could have ever expected. Of course. Right. It was a glowing object that was metallic in appearance with colored lights. So they were like these colored blinking lights on it. And as soon as they started to move towards the object, it quickly moved through the trees and like were zigzagging to get away. And then all the animals in the area started to go into like a frenzy. They were like flipping out. And so later, Sergeant Jim Penniston claimed that there was a craft of unknown origin, but they didn't really record it like they didn't report it anywhere so all they have is it as a claim which is interesting that they're like hey we do have a ufo but we're not going to report it or record it down anywhere so it's a little a little sketch and then an hour later it's now 4 a.m and the local police finally responded and they were there but they said that the light was coming from a nearby lighthouse lies it's all a conspiracy way to gaslight <laughs> yeah gas light <gasps> triggered and you guys call yourselves the military <laughs> like okay sure <gasps> anyways they're like okay i guess we're stupid and we just mistook this thing for the lighthouse nearby and it was nighttime so they couldn't super investigate the area and it was going to be daybreak in a couple hours anyways so they waited until the daytime to go and investigate the area further. And once they had finally gone back out there and it was daybreak and all that kind of stuff, they found three small impressions on the ground in a triangular pattern. Crop circle. Yep. <laughs> there was burn marks everywhere. Uh, branches were broken off trees. But uh, police, again, did their job of gaslighting and said that uh, it was just the animals. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, why would a lighthouse light that's so normal and happens all the time make all of the animals all of a sudden go into a frenzy? And also, this is a military base where they've been there for a little bit. I think they know the difference between the lighthouse that's on every night and true random light. Like, they're used to the lighthouse light going in, so I feel like they wouldn't just be like yeah we mistook it like no i don't think so i think not and anyways how are animals going to create burn marks can we just that too and you think the military was just out there like i'm gonna go put this there because the policeman yeah gaslit me into thinking that i was crazy so i'm gonna put in evidence that's I <clears throat> yeah i don't trust me and the fact that it's 3 a.m just makes me more uncomfortable <laughs> Yes. And then so the next night, nothing happens. But then on December 28th, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt took a handful of his men to go back to the area to take radiation readings. And in this area, it was common for the radiation reading to be around like 0.03 to 0.04 millirotogens per hour. But specifically in the triangle area it was about double that so they're doing this 
radiation rating and it's double that specifically in the triangle area and like other areas where it looks like a craft may have gotten up and then gone back down and I looked a lot into radiation readings and it really isn't that much for the radiation reading to be that high but it isn't normal for it to double specifically in the spots where it looks like the craft had landed and then the other thing too is that whenever they went there to do the radiation readings the first set of their equipment malfunctioned and they couldn't use it oh yeah like because <laughs> that happens all the time <laughs> yeah and uh so then at the same time that they're doing these readings and they find all this out they notice there's this flash of light across the field just like the one on the night of the 26th emily and they also noticed there was three star-like things in the sky that were not normally there because again this is a military base they know what their surroundings are they're not just going to be like oh, no, those stars are always there. Like, no, they know what's there. They have to pay attention. They're two military bases. And the stars, quote unquote, <laughs> had hovered there for three hours and would beam down a stream of light occasionally, and then they were gone. So this went on for three hours, and then it just was gone. And you're telling me this is not a UFO? Like, come on. And, like, I know what I would be thinking about and stressing out about. But apparently a lot of the astronomers have said that this can happen with bright stars. So everyone just keeps gaslighting these guys. And I wonder if it's because they're like, oh, these stupid Americans, like, come on, guys. Probably. Like. Probably. Or maybe they're all friends with the aliens and they don't want the Air Force to know. They are the aliens. <gasps> Plot twist. <gasps> oh my god. <gasps> I'm so spooked. And uh, I don't know. It just seems sus. Like, come on, guys. I just don't know why they keep gaslighting the military. I know. They're just, they're just like... They've been trained, guys. Like, military training is like a whole thing. Like, I know Americans are stupid. And the police department's like, you don't know anything about us over here. That was, so I sound Australian. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really good, Morgan. I'm really proud of you. That was really good. Thank you, thank you. I just exposed myself. Like, I know Americans are stupid, but you got to give us a little bit of credit sometimes. Like, we have Area 51. Like, we know what an alien is. Facts. That's all I'm saying. We won't be talking about that. No. <laughs> I don't want the military to come for us. So if we disappear in the next... 12 hours it's because no one cares the military is watching no one cares about it so they're much. watching no no they're not emily they're always watching no they're not and the other weird thing too is that uh uh colonel halt the well lieutenant colonel halt mm -hmm. he claimed that without a doubt it was evidence and that he had seen extraterrestrial life and that it was a cover-up job between the U.S. and the U.K. So this super high-ranking guy in the military even later on 
goes on the record to be like, hey, this was extraterrestrials. They're just trying to hide it from us. So that's a little interesting to me that someone that's that high up in the military would say something like that. But I feel like a whole bunch of that kind of stuff, especially now, seeing as that was like in the 80s, but like now people from the government or people who work at NASA and like all that other kind of stuff are coming out and being like, um, the government's not giving you the full story, basically saying like, yeah, aliens are real. And we had had contact with people, not people, but extraterrestrial, terrestrial. There we go. You got this. And the government is just not giving you the full story. Yeah. And I'm like, so who's going to give us the full story here? What's going on? Like, yeah. What do you mean you've had contact? Are they saying, yo, what's up? Or like, are we getting death threats? What's going on? Just talk to me. Are we being watched? Yeah. And then after that, everything went quiet for three years. So after all of that gaslighting and everything, suddenly they just didn't hear anything. And then in 1983, patrolmen were out in the area again, saw the same aircraft and the same blinking lights. And then they went to go check it out. And there were the same indentations in the triangle and that is when they actually officially classified it as a ufo because a ufo doesn't mean that it's an alien or not alien extraterrestrial alien is not what i should be saying it's extraterrestrial yeah emily uh does not mean i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i (laughs) i don't want to offend the extraterrestrials i'm so sorry guys uh but ufo doesn't mean anything other than just that it's an unidentified flying object so it could just be some random person that is just trying to mess with the government. I don't know. There's a bunch of different theories on it. Uh, some people like to say it was the lighthouse all along. I mean. But why the burn marks and why the animals bursting out? And, and why the-, the blinking lights? Oh, that too. <laughs> like, a lighthouse doesn't blink. It's not like, meh, meh, meh. no, it's just the circle, but it's always a stream of light that's like circulating. It's not. And it's like constant because it's constantly rotating at the same, at the same pace. I know. It doesn't like speed up or like slow down. Yeah. And then the lieutenant. I think you win. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm officially unsettled. I know. That's why I was like, sometimes ali- like extraterrestrials. Oh gotta get it in my head extraterrestrials are very spooky but uh the lieutenant even claims that it was extraterrestrials and then like the rest of the government and everyone around him is like shut up bro you don't know what you're talking about so everyone's gaslighting him i know (laughs) and then another claim is that it was a set up to get revenge on the united states air force as uh the sas was testing to see how high level their nuclear site security was. And the SAS is the British air. They got time to do that. So that's it. Uh, There was also another theory that it was someone from the Soviet that was parachuting in to try to infiltrate the base and stuff like that. But I feel as though... But with two military bases out there in those woods, how would they have gotten away? Exactly. So, I mean, 
I know what I'm thinking. I've seen E.T. I know what I'm thinking. I've seen E.T. I've ridden the ride at Universal. Like, Oh my God, that ride. I can't. I'm just saying. I know what I think. Uh, I don't know what you think. Honestly, but. I think that's the best ride at Universal. Arguably. Like the fact that you're on a bike yeah. is just already cool. And the queue for it is like even cooler yep arguably the best ride but why do i feel like i'm in someone's hot mouth whenever i'm on the ride (laughs) and you know exactly what i'm talking about which is why you're laughing it's like it's so humid and damp in there and i'm like they really went for it on the climate of et's planet but like why did they have to go that hard because why not that's what she said (laughs) Anyway, universal making things ultra realistic. Exactly. So honestly, Universal should just hire me. Um, or not. They don't have to. I'd rather not. Yeah. With my Mickey Mouse tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, don't look at that. That was a joke. Don't look at that. Anyways. It's fine. Anyways. If you see uh, blinking lights in the forest. Mm hmm. Or hear a cat scratching. Be prepared to get gaslit into thinking that you're crazy. Exactly. And uh, don't Don't sleep sleep alone. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. It was really on point. 10 out of 10 for us today. I don't think we're going to be able to sync it up because... I think we can. Ready? Ready? Don't Don't sleep sleep alone. Okay, one more time. I think the one, first one was good. Two, three. Don't sleep Don't alone. Don't sleep alone. <laughs> it's definitely lagging, and that's fine. I think the first one was good. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll see.